0: The Traders content is becoming a little overwhelming. <laughs> I almost feel like this is as busy as Scanval because of the extra interaction on social media and interviews and things like that, which I will get to on today's episode of Bravo and Blaze with Jenny Blaze. So let's do this. This is a review of Season 2, Episode 5, A Killer Move, and there will be spoilers. This review is intended for anyone looking for thoughts after watching the latest episode with a mix of additional media coverage, such as on social media, podcasts, etc. If you follow along on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm sure TikTok, you can see the general consensus from viewers. And it's just, it's an interesting dynamic because this show is merging multiple established fandoms, like Big Brother, who I'm learning about. And we even have some breaking of the fourth wall. And I think this concept of breaking the fourth wall is kind of gray. When are we breaking the fourth wall? Is it when the people on the shows have their own podcasts and they release their own narrative? Or is it when we talk to them one-on-one in DMs? Before we begin, I just want to make a little disclaimer. This is for entertainment purposes only. We do not condone toxic behavior of any kind. Just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. You know who you are. Episode 5, A Killer Move. The castle welcomes a new arrival. The faithful fight back. One of the traitors is in the hot seat. Who did Johnny Bananas trust the most? I sing that all week. Okay, before we get to the details of the episode, I'm going to walk through the other activity that's been going on since last week's episode aired. Like I said, there's a lot, and I'm going to do this scan of all style because that seemed to be the best way to keep everything organized. For me, it's easiest to walk through the archive of my Instagram stories. Almost everything I tweet goes in Instagram stories, but I also add extra things on Instagram stories for for the most part. So make sure you're following. That's where I'm most active. Bravo, please. So we have two... Podcast that we also need to pay attention to on top of the episodes. Tamara Judge releases Talking Traders, and her first guest is Janelle from the show. And I'm not going to recap every detail from the podcast, but I'll put a link to it if you're interested. My biggest takeaway after listening. My perception of Janelle changed a lot after listening to the podcast. If I didn't listen to that episode, I probably would have looked at last night's episode completely different. And it's making me question my every step when it comes to reviewing this show. I liked coming into the show with this full cast of reality TV personalities and celebrities being a Bravo stan and not knowing anything about these other players, because I do think it changes how you watch a game and what you take away from it. I wanted to be blind to the other players and just root for my Bravo people in addition to Deontay Wilder. But I can't even do that at this point anymore, and I will tell you why. But first, I'll go through my fun takeaways. So apparently Janelle made a cameo on The Real Housewives of Miami back in the day because she's friends with Joanna Krupa. I didn't know that. (laughs) I think that's so funny. Another thing about Janelle that I didn't know is that she trusted Phaedra with her life during this game because she was a fan, essentially. And I think that's so funny. And that just goes to show that this seasoned gamer, that's the part that's funny that she's been like, talking so much smack about the housewives not having any skill or having any strategy. And here she is letting her guard down to a traitor simply because she's a fan. And I think that's so funny, but also like relatable. And I think that's why I kind of changed my mind about Janelle. Also, I knew that Janelle went home because of Dan, but I don't, like I said, I never watched those shows and I wanted to keep it that way. But now it's kind of like I can't avoid it. So I didn't watch Big Brother, but it seems like Dan really betrayed Janelle at one point. And if I knew that going into this game, if I was an actual player, I would definitely do all my homework on everyone. So if I was a player and I did my homework and I knew that about Dan and Janelle, that would definitely be something in the back of my mind. like. Let's not forget about the dynamics between these two. Tamara, Tamara's so funny. So Tamara, she gave a lot of behind the scenes. Tamara mentioned how her phone was taken from her. They searched her luggage. They even smelled her shampoo. Like that's kind of intense. Whenever she would ask what day or time it was, nobody knew, nobody knew. She asked a producer and they were like, I don't know. And there were things that we didn't see on the show or that we don't see on the show that really affected the player's experience. I mean, just imagine you're in their shoes. You have no contact to the outside world. And they're like on top of the security, apparently. Before each round table, they would play like a Hunger Games song and have the camera go around to get like B-roll shots, I'm assuming. And Tamara said it like really affected her. She even, after filming was done, she even would play that song every now and then, (laughs) which I don't know if that's really true, but it sounds very intense. And just watching like Bergie last night, he's like in, things are getting intense. What else did Tamra tell us? Tamra told us that she knew it was Dan because of Alan's jacket. She heard Alan's jacket move, which I don't know if she's just being funny because Larissa said that, but I want to know if she did know that it was Dan, why didn't she say something sooner? Also, Tamra mentioned a Variety article that came out that said, The Traders is Peacock's most watched reality premiere. And the ratings are up 75% from season one. Season one won an Emmy. Also, just as a side note, this data was collected from just the first five days of streaming. And this show beat out Real Housewives, Ultimate Girls Trip, Love Island US, Love Island Games, and Queens Court. Also, when Tamara mentioned that when she found out she was going to be on the show, she reached out to Kate Chastain who was on season one and asked her what to expect and Kate said it was like prison. (laughs) Which I think is so funny because she comes back. Okay, Johnny Bananas. Johnny Bananas is another one who has a podcast called Death, Taxes, and Bananas. He's had an interview with Marcus Jordan and with Sue. Lord, not Sue And some of my... Biggest takeaways from his podcast was he pointed out how intense the Big Brother fandom was. And we'll get to that in a second. But the funniest thing I ever heard, like I I could not stop laughing when I heard this. And I, I think I rewound it a few times. Apparently the first day Marcus and Johnny were in the same car together with like Larsa and maybe MJ. And they were just kind of like, you know, hanging out, get to getting to know each other. Johnny did not know who Marcus Jordan was. So apparently like Marcus made a comment about sneakers or whatever. And Johnny goes, Oh, you like sneakers? You're into sneakers. I have a guy who can hook you up with some Jordans. Not knowing that this is Michael Jordan's son. (laughs) I would have died. Like, how funny is that? Oh, my gosh. I love Johnny Bananas. So, yeah, Johnny goes on to point out how intense the Big Brother fandom is. And I am learning that as well. And let me tell you, I'll give you hard proof. I was sensing it after my last episode and my social media posts. I mean, I was going hard, but I also like, if you know me and my content, I am never wishing harm on anyone. And like, I don't actually hate anyone. I don't know these people. I'm watching a TV show. This is a game. It's not serious. But Johnny Bananas was talking about Dan and he goes, this guy faked his own death on Big Brother. And I was like, what? Because I don't know anything about Dan at all. So I tweeted, Dan faked his own death on Big Brother? Question mark, question mark, question mark, laughing emoji-ish, whatever, with like a, huh? (laughs) That's not even mean, right? So somebody responds to my Instagram story and DMs and says, Dan has a quote on Big Brother where he said his goal is to have everyone think about him and how one day he will live rent-free in everyone's head, dot, dot, dot. And then all in caps, welcome to the club, dumb. See you next Tuesday. I get messages like this way more than I should. And if I read this during the day, like mid-afternoon right now, I'd probably just be like, whatever, and move on. But when I wake up at like 5 in the morning, and the first thing I read is dumb <laughs> I get a little activated. I was just like, what? So this brings me to the topic of the Big Brother fandom. I've never watched Big Brother in my life. I barely know what it is. I thought they just had people living in a house together under surveillance. And I was like, why does anyone care about this game or this show? I didn't even know it was a game. But the first thing I'm learning about Big Brother is that it's fandom can be kind of toxic. Someone also commented, you should do your research on Dan. And when I read that, I like giggles and I I completely zenned out for a second. and I just had this flashback of my hot yoga instructor training teacher who once said, if we replace the word should with could, we could all sound a little nicer. So I thought, yeah, I could do my research on Dan. But I definitely am not going to, nor do I need to, or should be expected to, just as I wouldn't expect everyone watching The traders to go back and watch every single episode of The Real Housewives of Atlanta that Phaedra Parks and Cherie Whitfield were in, including reunions and everything they've ever posted on social media, or every episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County with Tamara Judge in it. Don't forget about all the episodes and appearances on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. I mean, Tamara's boobs are in the Clubhouse Museum. Nor do I expect anyone to go do their research by watching nine seasons or 128 episodes of Shaws of Sunset to get to know MJ. Or... Learn about Kevin's background of being an adopted Korean with white parents and feeling marginalized around almost everyone he's ever known his whole life. Okay? So I'm just going to reiterate this one more time. The reason I love this show is because we get to see raw human nature in a controlled environment that is this game, The Traitors. And that's exactly what it is. A game which is great because we get to see the psychology and sociology behind the behaviors we're watching. But at the end of the day, you can't really have any hard feelings because it is a game, which makes watching the dark and devious behavior tolerable to watch and view as comedy, as Kate Chesney says, versus taking anything personal as a viewer or as a player of the game. And especially for Bravo, like Bravo is not a game. And that's why I feel like it can be toxic and get dark sometimes because these are actual people and like the things we're seeing happen are like happening in their real lives. And that's where it's like, oh, I don't want it to be that heavy. But anyways, other things that happened since last week. I went off on Dan in my last episode, and I don't regret it because I know that I don't actually hate Dan. In fact, I had a conversation with Dan, and not just Dan. I had a one-on-one conversation with at least four of the players on the show, which goes back to me mentioning how the way we view the show can be changed from this interaction that we're having. Because if I had not spoken to Dan since last week, I might have really lost my mind last night (laughs) on him. So I believe interacting with the players 100% has an impact on the way I watch the show, at least. And I won't ever name names because I don't share DMs, but I will share a couple bits of information that has been Shared with me that is not harmful to anyone, but is kind of funny. I'll put that up on Patreon, so make sure you join. So let's get to season two, episode five. Just as a recap from the last episode, Dan has been named as a traitor. They're in the turret, Dan, Phaedra, and Parvati. And Phaedra goes off on Parvati because Parvati mentioned the housewives. And she's like, don't do that. (laughs) No one likes you, Parvati. Everyone says you're an effing traitor. This whole time, Dan's jaw is just like he's like, and he pretends, like, oh, what's happening? Just so annoying. But Harvody plays it cool. She backs off immediately, says, I didn't know if you were acting. And I was just trying to throw them off or whatever. And Pedro's like, I'm not an actress. Like, don't mess with me. And I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed. Not disappointed in Phaedra, but I just kind of wish that the two women in the room took this opportunity to see what was happening. At least Parvati. Because Dan pulled her aside and was like, but we had to turn on Phaedra or whatever. I don't like that. I don't like it. But Parvati apologizes, Phaedra accepts it, and Dan gulps. (laughs) They could have made him sweat so hard, but I get it. Phaedra's not used to this environment. Parvati is playing for the wrong team. I mean, Dan straight up says, how can I use this to my advantage? Parvati wants to give a peace offering to Phaedra, so she's offering to give her the choice of who to murder. (laughs) And Phaedra accepts. (laughs) So they mentioned Sandra. They mentioned Tamra. Cut to breakfast. The first two to get to come in who are safe is CT and Janelle. They're talking. They're having their side theory conversations. They, you know, CT's like, well, I've been thinking maybe a housewife. He's just like throwing things out there. And again, if I didn't, like listen to the podcast episode with Janelle. I may have been fuming last night after Janelle's like, Yeah, housewives don't have any skill or strategy to have to be able to mastermind this, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And I just find that so hilarious. <laughs> and it supports What I've been saying that the gamers are making all these assumptions about themselves and being cocky. And it's just like, meanwhile, after listening to the podcast episode, we know that Janelle is dead set that Phaedra is a faithful. (laughs) Hello. Oh my god, she's getting played. Janelle. She means well. She's very passionate. And I I I do appreciate all the effort that Janelle has put in to this game. So next we get Peter, we get John, we have Kevin coming in, Bergy, Bergalicious, Parvati, Sheree, Dan, MJ, Trishelle comes in, which another thing. On Talking Traders, they mentioned Trishel, and they're like, she's a good gamer. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I don't know Trishel as a gamer. I didn't watch the challenge. So when they said that, I'm like, what are they talking about? But I saw it last night in last night's episode, and I I like Trishel now. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> So we see Sandra and Phaedra come in. Everyone knows it's Tamra. They cut to Tamra, who's crying. I was shocked that Tamra was crying. But she says, you know, this game is way worse than Housewives. It's way more cutthroat. She wasn't expecting it to be that cutthroat. She just hopes it wasn't a housewife that was in there that murdered her. <laughs> So then they cut to breakfast, and everyone's like, oh, my God, Tamara, why? Why? Phaedra, she needs to, she might need to put on some acting skills, because she goes, are there any boiled eggs? I literally made boiled eggs this morning because of Phaedra. So funny. She even asked twice for boiled eggs. So we have Alan come in. He tells everyone, or one of the lines he gives is, a real housewife lost her real house life. Is there life after reality competition show death? Alan also mentions he has a treat for them. And we find out later it's Kate Chastain returning as a secret player. I was not expecting that at all. I knew Kate was going to make an appearance, but I, for some reason, was thinking it was going to be like a cameo they had on House of Villains where they just had these like random cameos that didn't really do much. And then they just kind of left. And I was like, why are they here? But this is a great surprise. Oh, I love it. Kate is so good. So at breakfast, CT asked Dan straight up, who do you think it is? And Dan will not throw out a name. I'm sorry, but he need like his game is not that great. Everyone's like, he's still get Dude, you are acting like the biggest traitor. <gasps> oh, it's so funny because he was like, I don't want to throw out a name and blah, blah, blah. And he gives us like lame excuse. Janelle, Peter, and John all turn to each other and they're like, he's a traitor. Dan's definitely a traitor. He's a traitor. That would have that been hilarious. They're like, you're a traitor. That might be a good strategy for any future players. Just go in and act wild. Like, it's you. <laughs> You're the trainer. So this is where after breakfast, you have people starting to mingle around and theories get thrown out there. Kevin immediately goes to CT and Dan, and he wants to throw out Janelle. And his rationale is not awful. It's just he really isn't going off of anything that deep. He's going off of what he's witnessed so far in the game, which that's all you can really go on if you don't have anything deeper to go off of. But I think the dynamics between Dan and Janelle played a huge part in this latest round. I just love how Kevin in this episode, he is clocked in. He is so clocked into this game. He's ready to to participate. He's just like so into it now. Okay, then we also see Trishel, Janelle, and Bergie. Janelle throws out Dan, and she even goes on to say that he's the most devious player she's ever played with in Big Brother. That alone... Would be a reason to get rid of him, even if you thought he was a faithful. Because it's the way she talks about him makes it sound like even if he is a faithful, he will betray everyone at some point. But outside we have John, Janelle and Dan. Dan is trying to pretend like he's trying to talk game to them, but Janelle's not not having it. She's like, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. You fool me. You won't fool me again. All right. Let's move on to the mission. Okay. So for this mission, they have the chance to add $15,000 to their prize pot. The current amount that they have is $65,500. For this next mission, only six people are allowed to play outside of the castle, while the rest of them play inside. Only people who play outside are able to get a shield. Immediately, it's like everyone starts going to war. Everyone wants to go outside and get a shield. Kevin starts campaigning immediately. (laughs) He's like, I think I should have a shield. It's just so funny. MJ, she goes in and starts her own campaign. Talks about how Janelle, she's already had two shields and eh, that's a little sus. Right then, Trishel interrupts, you talk a lot. I have not even gone for a shield. I love that whole scene. This is the moment I started rooting for Trishel. She is activated. She's in the game. I love it. I love it. And MJ's not a small personality. Like, MJ's intimidating. CTK is he's like, I'm not going to fight you guys over it. Dan Caves, oh, he's such a good guy. He Because he even says, I want to go get more money to take in the end. So greedy. Okay, so the task. The people outside, they're in pairs of two, and they have a map they have to go to different locations around the castle and listen for a bird call. They'll have instructions at each, you know, station. They have to use a walkie-talkie or radio to tell the people in the castle what to what the bird call sounds like and then the people inside have to go find the right bird that makes the right sound and bring it to Alan. <laughs> Oh, this game is so funny. So the outside players, the six people are Kevin and Sheree. (laughs) They're a team. They're the most hilarious team. We also have Bergie and Trishell. We also have Peter and Janelle. And everyone wants to go for a shield, obviously. But Kevin and Sheree, like, they can't even... They don't know how to read a map. So they're just like, oh my God, this is it's painful to watch them, but also so cute. Bergie and Trichelle were on top of it. They got their first bird, and I didn't understand the instructions that Alan gave. I thought like they were just gonna like go to a spot and hear a bird. I didn't know if it was a real bird or like a fake bird. They push a button. I don't know, but they had to like actually do things like flap their arms and bob their head to get the sound to play. And then they would have to go on the radio and do the sound. (laughs) I think that was the first one. So the people outside are like, okay, we're at so-and-so location. This is the bird call. Everyone's listening like, So then they start running off around the castle going (laughs) This is the best. I love it. Bergie and Trishel are doing so good. I love them in this mission and they wind up getting the shields. Peter and Janelle they wanted to go for the shields but they didn't get to it. They got to another bird. They got it correct but as they're there. Peter, this is where I'm like, okay, I like Peter now. Peter comes up with the idea. He's like, he must have realized, fuck, we're not getting the shields. But we, the people inside, aren't going to know who did get the shields. What if we just don't tell anyone who got the shields and only the people outside know who got the shields? So, whoever the traitor is, won't know who has the shield. So if they try to murder someone with a shield, they could waste one of their murders. And Peter also comes up with the great idea of planting false information, saying that him and Trish, or him and Janelle got the shield when really, in fact, Bergie and Trishel did. Because Peter points out he goes, "I think they're gonna go they're gonna go for Bergie to kill next, and I don't know how he knew that. I mean, Bergie is starting to like he's getting intense now he's like he's getting frustrated, he's about to have a mental breakdown, yeah, I like Peter now i I just want to point out also this. This mission reminded me why I love C.T. He, Phaedra even calls C.T. her castle daddy on Watch What Happens Live. Oh, I love their little duo. It's so cute. And MJ, too. He has a moment with MJ. He was like, oh, he like leans into the goofiness. And that's what I love. I feel like C.T. has a similar personality. <laughs> to me, so I'd be like, oh, "What are we doing? This is ridiculous." Bergie, oh my Bergalicious! Immediately, he tells Kevin that he get he got the shield, and it was like that could have been a huge mess up. If Kevin told other people, that could have got back to to the traitors. So that was a little scary. But Trishel then whispers to Birgit, don't tell anyone about the shield. And he's like, yes, you know, oh, oh yeah, yeah. But he like already told Kevin. (laughs) But anyways, they did well on this mission. They won $10,000. Alan asked at the end of this mission, would anyone like to reveal who won the shield? And Janelle made an announcement. She said, you know, in the best interests of the faithfuls, We are not going to reveal that information. And Phaedra's face is so funny. Dan is gunning for Janelle because he knows that she knows. So it's side theory time. They're inside the house or in front of the board. Janelle wants to talk about who they think is a traitor. Kevin doesn't think Dan is a traitor and wants to go for Janelle. MJ suspects Dan, but is wondering if Janelle is. MJ goes and tells Dan that Janelle is gunning for Dan. That was, ugh, that was rough to watch. Dan tells Parvati that Janelle's going after him. So P- Parvati says they have to get Janelle. And I'm so annoyed at this point because I'm like, if I was a trader, if I was Phaedra and Parvati and Dan's name is getting brought up, I'd be like, oh, looks like you're the first traitor to go. Instead, they're trying to save him. He would never save them. Oh they're 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 too good. They're good traders, that's the problem. They're not like they're not backstabbing enough, I guess. But whatever. I hate Dan. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't hate Dan. But Parvati, why do you have to save him? Don't you see that you have a leg up on him? Ugh, so annoying. So next we have Kate Chastain makes her entrance. She is a secret player. I have chills all down my body when she walks in. She's just, ugh. Let's go to the round table. So we're at the round table. Kate joins. And Alan tells them she could be a faithful or a traitor. Imagine if they all voted out. <laughs> The first banishment, I was be hilarious actually um but kate is so funny she's like all right tell me everything who do we hate and kevin again again, he's clocked in he's like i just want to go ahead and get what i want to say out since people here like to talk over others he right away just his tone is very he's aggravated (laughs) And he just is bull. He's, he brings up Janelle says her name keeps getting brought up and Bergie steps in and is like, he points out like Janelle's not a traitor. Janelle then has to defend herself. And she's like, I think Dan is a traitor. He doesn't talk. He won't even say a name, blah, blah, blah. And this is where I wish Janelle would have just focused on Dan But instead, she threw out two other names, C.T. and Sandra, which they I would possibly suspect them, too. But she could have just kept her mouth shut about it because when she threw out their names, they immediately got defensive. And it's like you just gave them an opportunity to vote for you instead of seeing that as an opportunity for to sway everyone to get. Go after Dan. So that was rough. That was rough. And Dan is smiling. Ugh, makes me so mad. John steps in. He's supporting Janelle. And then John throws out Kevin as a traitor because of his inconsistent behavior. <sighs> Kevin. When Kevin hears his own name, he, I think, gets even more aggravated. And Kate's like talking to, I think, Sandra next to her. She's like, pss, pss, pss. and he's like, Excuse me, Kate, I'm talking. Like, Kevin was on one and I loved it. He's like, No, you were not listening. <laughs> like, whoa, settle down. Kate always gets it. Don't forget the most hilarious thing from season one on the treaters was when Michael, the most unhinged normie. The second mission they're somebody's buried alive and they have to like go find this person so they can like dig them up. That's like insane. And you would think like, let's go get this person out of the ground. They're buried alive. Instead unhinged normie, Michael is like, Kate, I think it's Geraldine. She's like, what? (laughs) He's like, Kate, if you don't vote for Geraldine, I'm voting for you tonight. Threatens her as they're running to go and bury someone. Kate <laughs> just always, ugh, I hate that, that they, people go after her like that. But anyways, so Peter, Peter calls out Dan. And Dan starts to go into fight mode so to speak, and I was just triggered the whole time. He's like, to Janelle, she's like, he's like, oh, you think I'm a traitor? Wh- why? Oh, because I do nothing? Oh, so doing nothing means I'm a traitor. Oh, okay. All right. That triggered me so hard. Trishelle points out, Danny, you don't talk game with anyone. So if you're a faithful, you're not being a good faithful. And yes, Trishelle, yes, them. I like it when they say you don't talk game. You don't talk game. <laughs> it feels like bring it on. Like, I don't know, talk game. It's just funny. So Janelle gives Dan the opportunity and asks Dan straight up, who do you think is a traitor? And Peter is so desperate. He's like, come on, man, just give us like one name. And of course, Dan says Janelle. And he used, he goes, I fit." I think I've been blindsided by my friendship with Janelle and just the... It's not Dan. It's what Dan represents in this world that triggers me, okay? So we're in voting. Phaedra votes Janelle, obviously. Sandra votes Janelle. (laughs) And Janelle is, hey. she's like, yeah, you would because you're a traitor. And Sandra just takes her drink slowly and starts sip. She goes, yeah, you thirsty because you're a traitor? <laughs> yeah, take a sip of water. You must be nervous. She's like, no, really, I'm just thirsty. And they start going at it to the point where Janelle's like, You're a traitor, bitch. (gasps) Peter votes Dan. Janelle votes Dan. Carvady, obviously, votes Janelle. Kevin votes Janelle. Trishel votes Dan. Dan votes for Janelle. He goes... Traitor or faithful, I just can't trust you anymore. CT votes Janelle, see that vote right there could have been towards Dan if she swayed him, but she said his name, oh. Shree votes Janelle, Bergie votes Dan, Kate votes Janelle. (sighs) Obviously Janelle is out. She goes in the circle of truth. Dan is smiling. I would be looking at everyone's faces. If I was a faithful, if I knew Janelle was a faithful, I'd be looking at everybody's face around the table to see what their reaction is when she says it. Dan is smiling. Bergie is so mad. Good job, you guys. Trust in the traitors. Good job. So Trichelle's crying. Shree's justifying. I think Shree's over it. Kevin has no reaction. I think he feels like he's on topic time. Peter's pissed. MJ and Kevin try to take responsibility. He wants revenge. Burgalicious wants vengeance. He doesn't care. And I love this because they don't know that Bergie has a shield. So, this is actually a really good move for Bergie. He's probably not thinking strategically like this, but for like he should go in and raise a ruckus because then the traitors are going to be like, oh, shoot, we need to get rid of him. Not knowing that he has a shield. And Peter went and planted false information about him having the shield, him and Janelle. Let's talk about the shield for a second. So I didn't realize the shield was only to protect a faithful from a murder. Like, I thought the traitors would always know who had a shield. I didn't know that it could be unknown. So this is a pretty good spin. Good job, Peter. I'm sorry, but again, this is not personal to Dan, but Dan is a piece of shit. (laughs) P.O.S. Although he did say the round table was harder than anything he's ever done on reality TV. So whatever. Bergy is so upset. He's, he's like, Dan, come on, give us something. (laughs) He's like begging, like, give us something. So this is the first time Kate is hanging out to hear side theories from people and just laughing. Parvati's going around. Does anyone want wine? Kate calls it out immediately. Is like, I'm not taking any wine from Parvati because Phaedra and Cherie and a couple others are like catching Kate up on Ekin Sue and how she died. <laughs> Lord, not Ekin Sue. <laughs> ah. So Peter at this point, he tells his secret to Bergie who we know has a shield, John, he's taking a risk with John, and Kevin. This actually was a good move to tell Kevin after the round table, I think. But there is a scene where they're all walking upstairs in the castle and Kate's talking about taking Janelle's room. And I just need to point out that somebody mentioned they don't stay in the castle. And I did a poll. 81% believe that they're in a courtyard Marriott. (laughs) 19% believe they're in a castle. I need confirmation because I think I just saw it on Twitter somewhere. Last scene is the traitors in the turret. This is where Dan's like, I need to go from being on the defensive to aggressively attacking. And I love it because Dan is falling for Peter's trap. They go in, they're like, whoo, rough day. (laughs) They're actually scared and I love it. Phaedra and Parvati right away are going into Dan like trying to help him again. This is where I'm like, ladies, why? Why are you trying to be on his team? He's a traitor to the traitors. He needs to go. Before the episode started, I said, should Dan be banished? 86% said yes, 14% said no. Then we see Dan ask about the shield. Parvati says Peter and Janelle have the shield. And Parvati says, what if they're lying to us to try to trick us? And Dan underestimates them and goes, I don't think Peter's that savvy. (laughs) This reminds me of American Ninja Warrior. So I used to watch American Ninja Warrior back before it became like really huge. I'm one of those people who like loves something hardcore until it like becomes really overly popular, like Destiny's Child and Beyonce, like once, once people were crying over getting tickets, I'm like, I I can't do this anymore. Like I'm, I'm bowing out. But on American Ninja Warrior, every time I would always say this, the people who got too cocky, who were not putting the respect on the Ninja Warrior course, who would be like, oh, this is easy, whatever. They underestimate the course, and that's basically what Dan is doing here. He's underestimating the faithfuls. And good. I'm glad he's underestimating them because I'm always going to root for underdogs. (laughs) Oh, I love it. But Dan wants to murder Bergy, not knowing that Bergy has a shield. And Phaedra looks so torn. She's like, I'm a Bergalicious. And But she does say, at the end of the day, I'm a team player. So we don't know who gets murdered. We need it to be burgalicious so they can all vote Dan out next. All right, y'all. That's it for today, and I'll catch you.